Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Good morning. Hello, baby. How in the world are you today? My goodness. Whoo, I'm glad to be here. What happened at your house today? <laughs> the good news at my house is... I didn't kill a dog or three dogs, and all my cats made it back into the house safely. You can imagine the mayhem in the pre-dawn hours. Well, actually not pre-dawn, but just after dawn. My cats go out, and then they they, they, they do their business, and they come back in and uh, have their breakfast. And as a general rule, that's all fairly calm. But today, they were greeted by marauders. And uh, I'm a dog person. I'm a cat person. I'm a people person. Uh, keep your critters in line is all I can say. We we have I'm not the one that's going to shoot them, but somebody in my neighborhood will. <laughs> that being said, welcome to weekend gardening. You know what to do and you know how to do it. Here we go. Super Talk call line for you is always available. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. The text line is already heating up this morning. Thank you so much to Ceasefire for that. Six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. I am only a little soggy. But I'm thinking much of my world is going to be a lot soggier in the next few days. We are certainly uh, looking at, well, you know, this is just the end of August. That's what happens. That's what happens. It brings to, to mind a lot of things in the garden, a lot of things that we want to do, a lot of things that we want to consider doing. One of those, of course, is moving perennials around when the soil is soft and temperatures are not incredibly high. This is what I tell you. Um, you read the, you read the books, and the books will tell you not my books, but books that are written for the national audience will often tell you divide and move perennials in the season opposite their bloom. So that would imply that if we want to dig and divide daylilies, we should do that not in the spring when they bloom, but in the fall when they're not blooming. However, fall can become either very wet, very dry. Very wet, very dry, very hot, very cold, very wet, very, you know, it can be a really season of extremes sometimes. And for that reason, I prefer to say, find a good week between the time they bloom and the time that you want them to be established before fall gets here in a big way, say sometime before late October in most cases. Might be November at my house, maybe not at yours. But the point is to do it when it's convenient for you, when the weather is pleasant for you, and when the conditions are good for transplanting. That means the soil is soft enough to dig, but not so sticky wet you can't get your shovel into it. The the other piece of that, of course, is you don't want to be – it's fine to be doing all this right before it's going to rain. But if it's a big wind event, that's going to dehydrate the leaves that you have just dug up and moved somewhere. So give yourself both of those opportunities. Avoid the wind and also make sure that it's a day that you are pleasant working outside. That's part of the help for that. Bill has a question from Poplarville today. Welcome in, Bill. Thank you. We got a few bags of clover seed. What time of year is best to plant clover as a cover in Poplarville? I would pick fall. Um, I would. I would certainly pick fall. 
That's a. I love clover. Um, it's one of those plants that I just think is so important for for me, for you, but particularly for the pollinators. So that's that's a, a brilliant choice. I don't know what kind you're doing, but I like it. Good news is that you'll have something blooming in the winter for the pollinators. Let's see now. Um, oh, okay. John's in Florence, and uh, what's the difference between a crepe myrtle and a wax myrtle? Mm, well, they're not. Myrtle is one of those words, and in, in, it's like calling something a weed just means you're calling it a plant or 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 um, a wormwood kind of thing. You, you talk about wood even though it's not a woody plant. We have a lot of things that we talk about in, in a funny sort of way. But crepe myrtle and wax myrtle are different. For one thing, wax myrtle is generally speaking a plant we grow for its leaves. You may think of it as um, the source of bayberry candle smell or that Christmassy candle smell sometimes comes from this particular plant, the the myrtle bunch. Crepe myrtle, on the other hand, is just another name. It's it's a plant that means it's going to bloom and be lovely, but the difference in growing them is that wax myrtle grows about as fast as crepe myrtle, but usually does better in the shade than crepe myrtle does. Crepe myrtle certainly needs a sunny location. Um, the other thing that I would say is that I really the un, the unpruned wax myrtle is is kind of an odd thing, but it's perfectly lovely. I mean, most people do end up taking some of it off because it just gets bulky and you have to figure out a way to get the part that you want to see you might want to make it into a tree you might want to make it into a big bush you know so it's a woody plant that can be very quite tall but it can either have leaves all the way down or not and in the case of crepe myrtle of course we grow it with trunks Um, i had to do a little look to tell you about the botanical stuff differences i don't i don't have i don't don't have in my head a deep enough botanical um, brain this morning to to tell you what family? Well, I mean, I know what family they're in, but I, I, I'd have to figure out what the difference is in that regard. But they are different plants, and they're not—they're not that related. How about that? Um, oh my goodness, this is great. Well, I tell you what, Papa D and 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 the Past Christian um, Farm Brigade are are doing butter beaning. They're they're butter beaning today, and I'm a little jealous because there's nothing quite like fresh butter beans. That's nice. He's also got potatoes. I, I did plant the potatoes that sprouted, and I also planted the ginger that sprouted in my um, kitchen. And I've got them in pots outside. They're a little wet. I was thinking I might better move them underneath something so they don't float off. But this is the time to do that. This is certainly the time to plant potatoes. It's the time to plant a lot of things for the fall. If you haven't seeded your beets yet, please make sure you do that. And you want to talk about edible gardening. We had so much fun last week. I appreciated everybody who showed up. And I didn't think to give um, give y'all a list to tell me who was there. But you have my email because you took the handout. So send me an email and tell me you were there. And then I'll, I'll have other things to say to you. We had a lot of follow-ups I wanted to do. Today, I will be there once again at Lakeland Yard and Garden, Airport Road, and Lakeland Drive. Um at 11 o'clock sort of the same conversation not necessarily the same one because every time people come we ask different questions and have different things to talk about but i'm here to promote fall edible growing and and if you were interested in that come on by and see me i've got a present for you just like i did last week different present see things are same but they're different how about that you can't stay the same 
if you're a musician and a singer, you have to change. That's the way it works. Guess who said that? Perhaps one of the most changeable of the musicians that um, I like a whole lot. That is Sir George Ivan Morrison. Mm-hmm. That's Van Morrison's real name. OBE, thank you very much. He will be turning uh, 76 at the end of this month. A mere child in music terms, of course. But one, he's, he's absolutely right. And I think it applies to more than just musicians and, and singers. We all have to be aware that you can't stay the same. There's that life does not does not ex, does not happen in a vacuum that is unchanging. That's just not the way it goes. This week, for example, um, my compost pile has sprouted some sort of melon. I didn't even know there was a melon in the compost pile, but there it is. So think, things do change from time to time. We're going to have our own changes here. We're not going to belabor the point, but when you call in today or if you want to send a text, um, Dan, Dan the man is leaving us, but he will be, um, because he's not leaving us because he hates me. That's, that's a different subject. No, he's leaving because he's actually going on to bigger and better things. It's not everybody that gets a chance to go to college, and he is, in fact, started this week at Mississippi State. Now, Daniel, tell us what you're majoring in. Uh, my major is broadcasting and digital journalism. And you have to take the ums out of it. So just say broadcasting. <laughs> gotcha. He's, he's really good. He's going to be great. He's going to be great. Nice to see young folks going off. The good news is that the the whole business of being away from home is important. It's also important to be able to get back home when you need to. So all of those things, um, all those things work together in the case of going to the university at Starkville. Um, <laughs> well, that's a good point. I don't know who you are, but I think that's an interesting point. His fall peas are drowning. He says dry summer will scare you, wet summer will starve you. There's something to be said for that. Um, I have a few sections that are so wet that I can't even get into weed-eat the weeds that are taking them over. And they're not the weeds that were there before. There's something that likes the wet better. So I have things to get rid of. You know what we haven't seen a whole lot of um, is, is, is a lot. We have not seen as much of the things like, oh, I don't know, white flies. You know, it's been so wet this summer that although there are certainly are white flies there, we're not seeing the levels of damage from them and spider mites because they just get washed away and they have to go. They can't attack my lantana or, or attack uh, your, your peonies or something. They're, they're doing something else. But you know what there is a lot of in terms of insects this year? Flea beetles. And I don't know why. <laughs> if you're growing eggplants, you have flea beetles. Has anybody ever planted flea beetles as a, I mean, planted eggplant as a trap crop? Hmm, I don't know. Something to think about. Talking about the way that we garden, um, really, there's always been a measure of um, exercise consideration in gardening. How, how much and how often, and do you do it this hard, or do you do it more regularly, or all of these things. It's actually how often you do it, according to the latest research from Cowan University. The weekend warrior thing has always been kind of rough. If you have ever known folks that uh, worked five days a week in an office and went home and tried to, oh, I don't know, garden or play baseball or take long hikes and go on bike rides and all that stuff, they sometimes limp back into work on Monday because they've overextended themselves. But the new research tells us that a little bit of daily activity is actually more beneficial 
then the longer periods of exercise spread out across the week. So if you're going to the gym, you know, three times a week for an hour, why not garden 30 minutes a day? Okay, you, 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 you can do that every day. And I'm, I have lots and lots of um, I have lots and lots of background for this and lots of other pieces to it. But this particular study has been really interesting. They um, they, they measured in, in two different groups the same sort of exercising. And when they did it, the ultimate research tells us that it's not how often it, it is, how often, not how long at any one time. But you've got to keep moving. You've got to keep moving, and I, I certainly agree with that. Papa D says that uh, the pumpkins have healthy four-foot runners. Do they have a chance of making before Halloween? And the question, of course, is always, well, when did you plant the seeds? They might. I'm not going to tell you they won't, but I'm going to tell you that if you want to fertilize them to push those vines to get bigger so that they can make fruit, that's not a bad idea either. It, it's uh, it's it's interesting. To, the timing is there, there's usually depending on the variety of pumpkin, there's between seventy and ninety days. And sometimes in a hot summer, it takes a little bit longer because things get stressed and and, and we don't have you know we might not have perfect irrigation. We might not have a day when the sunlight is too great. There's just all these different pieces of it. But that's about the average time that it takes. Oh, that's JT in the Homochitta National Forest. That's the person with the fall peas drowning. And I understand completely. I've been watching the radar. Y'all have been soaked, really soaked. If it's not raining at my house, it is raining at your house. <laughs> oh, thank you, Andrea. She enjoyed it a whole lot. She was there um, with us last week at Lakeland at 11 o'clock in the morning. So come on and see me today, all of y'all that were not there then. Oh, this is great. She planted bush beans. Look at that. These are beautiful. Um Yes, I, I would I would lift some of those and put them in another pot. They're pretty crowded. But that's they look great. That's that's fun. We are really at the tail end of planting bush beans and if, if you want to grow squash that particularly or cucumbers, be sure you're getting a bush variety so that it takes a little bit less time to make. But if you can find some plants that's even better. We're we're right on the cusp of uh, moving into just fall crops, but right now we still have the opportunity to plant a few summery things, and that's, of course, for example, I did not get yesterday, to. I didn't finish what I wanted to do outside because I was, there were too many things going on, and I still have two rooted tomatoes from my other tomato. Yes, I took cuttings off the one that I was allowing the hornworm to eat for the beautiful photography, if you got to see that from me. I hope you did, because it was pretty good. Get up in that little guy's face, you know, and take pictures. But um, it, it's it's one of those things where I really didn't know if they would root, but I had to cut them off, and the top part was nice, and the middle had been eaten already. Well, they both rooted. And, in fact, one of them has a tiny tomato on it, rooting in my windowsill. So I know that's crazy. I know I need to take the fruit off. But I'm happy to see that they did so well, and I'm going to get them into a container today if it's not pouring down rain. <laughs> If, 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 triple eight, eight, zero, eight, eight, six, three, seven. Thank you so much for being here today on weekend gardening. And of course, the C Spire text line six, zero, one, eight, seven, nine, four, three, nine, five. Thank you very, very much for that. I had a note this week from someone who um, is moving peonies and the peonies are 
her grandmothers, so they are very precious. Is They're coming, however, from Kentucky, and her question to me was, can they grow here? I, if I knew the names of the varieties, I could give her some better indication. But what I want to tell you is, if you are growing peonies or moving peonies or buying peonies or any of that, it's not the easiest flower to grow south of Memphis. But it can be done. And just like there are early, mid-season, and late daffodils, you know, some bloom first, some bloom in the middle of the time, and some bloom later on, just like there are camellias that bloom by Christmas, practically, and then others that don't bloom until March. There's there's seasons in there. The same thing is true of peonies. And if you get early season peonies, you're you're going to be much better off south of Memphis. Those are things like Sarah Bernhard, um, um, Festiva Maxima, which is the the classic white one with the red center in it. Those are going to do beautifully for us. And there are a few others, but but pay attention to the varieties that you're getting because that's going to make a difference in how they're going to perform for you. It's absolutely true that we like peonies a lot, but northern Arkansas is really a better place. (laughs) Or even north of Memphis. But, why not? Oh, I had a dahlia bloom. Two of them, in fact, and two more gladiolas bloom this week. I was kind of surprised. I didn't know if they would or not, but it's been a lovely, lovely summer for them. And coming up is another bunch of good gardening info your phone calls, your texts, and me, your garden mama, here on Weekend Gardening. Yes, we're gonna have a windy summer smoke around the ground. It's just a dugout that my dad built in case the rest decide. You're about to fire up some delicious steaks in the backyard and suddenly the wind blows out your propane grill flame. Now what? First, turn off the gas and open up the grill lid. Check your grill manufacturer's instructions for when it's safe to relight the grill, but always leave the gas off and the lid open for at least five minutes before relighting. And remember, never lean over the grill during lighting or cooking. Energy for everyone, propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com to learn more. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Are you a small business owner, run a small business, or aspiring to be a small business owner? If so, then don't miss Collab South for a full day of panels and breakout sessions to build your business and sustain it through long-lasting relationships with other entrepreneurs. Presented by the Southern Business Institute. Locate, connect, and collaborate with other like-minded business owners. This one-day event will be held at the Country Club of Jackson, August the 26th from 8 to 5 p.m. Tickets can be purchased at southernbusinessinstitute.com. Space is limited, so act now and purchase your tickets today at southernbusinessinstitute.com. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life... 
is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. If you're about to start a project or remodel with wood, you need to think Miller Lumber in Richland. Since 1953, we've built a solid reputation of supplying quality wood at a lower price, like Western Red Cedar and Cypress Lumber, as well as a wide variety of patterns in pine, cedar, and cypress. Shop Miller Lumber for the best price new pine flooring and treated lumber in town. Miller Lumber, 551 Old Highway 49 South in Richland. Visit MillerLumberSales.com, 601-936-7099. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-484-5094 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today, 800-484-5094. That's 800-484-5094. What do you have to lose? Call 800-484-5094. Again, 800-484-5094. This is Dave Lugman, Canon Nissan of Jackson. What's new, Dave? New Nissans are arriving daily. We are now offering a two-year maintenance program on all new and pre-owned vehicles. Canon Nissan will match any competitor's prices on tires, batteries, and more. Nobody beats Canon deal. Nobody. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's Welcome into Weekend Gardening. It is indeed true that uh, sometimes we're the windshield, sometimes we're the bug. Today I'm thinking I'm on the windshield, and I appreciate that because it's because of all of you. This is the very best of my week, and I enjoy so much getting emails from you when you tell me that you enjoy this, or even when you just run into me in public, because I do get out occasionally. <laughs> I appreciate that very, very much. I'm not uh, I'm not a homebody entirely, but, you know, there's a lot going on there. So, all right, let's see. Um, Alan has a couple of questions today on the text line. If you were making a garlic bed, how would you do it? How deep do I need to plant the bulb? Well, garlic needs to be planted about twice as deep as it is tall. In other words, if you're planting elephant garlic and it's an inch and a half tall, it needs to be more like two and a half inches in the ground. But if you're planting some other Creole garlic or another one of the ones where the that has the small pods that are the the small cloves rather that are less than an inch, you don't want to bury them that deep. You want to bury them no more than twice as deep as they are tall, same as you would do for tulips. But I have to tell you that I have been known to lay out garlic and just 
really watch it sprout and then plant it. So if you don't get it planted or if you feel like that's too deep in your soil because it's heavy, that's fine. You can do it the way that you prefer. The other question is, is there any way to keep the zoysia grass um, from spreading into and taking over my Bermuda? Uh, The answer is no, (laughs) but... It's amazing to me, though, because the Bermuda usually spreads over into the zoysia, so that's in, that's one thing. There, there are, if you want to make a differentiation between lawn grasses, there is a way to do that. And it involves uh, a thing you would ordinarily use for a border around a really industrial-type flower bed. That is to say, three-inch or four-inch deep edging that you pound into the ground. That is where, because you're getting what you're getting is runner growth. It's unlikely that your your grass is seeding onto the other grass. It's running into it. So if you can stop that by creating that barrier, some people would say that's crazy. I'm just going to dig a ditch, a trench between the two places. Well, okay, that's fine. If it, but I may want to mow over all this. I may not. I may want to run over it. So I'm going to put it all the way down at ground level and just separate those two from each other. It's not easy to do. And I'll, I'll be I'll be interested to hear if it works. Jim in Laurel on the phone today. What's going on? What, how about your tomatoes? I think I'm going to cut them. Garden Mama, these things have not made a tomato all year long. I mm. told you a couple of weeks ago they, they got real tall and I topped them. Mm-hmm. And the heat coming on like it is. Now, I water them with rainwater. I save rainwater. And uh, they just haven't done anything. Mm-hmm. I, I hate to give up on anything like that. Are they pretty and green? No, ma'am. Well, Last week when I came well, in here, uh, they just wilted back. That never done nothing. Well, then I would let them go and consider them to be delicious compost. <laughs> All righty. Okay. Well, I'm serious. Things. I don't want you to work yourself to death for something that doesn't look good. If your tomatoes are in good shape, if they're pretty, if they got nice bright green leaves, I'm going to say let's go because pretty soon here we're going to have weather that will allow them to make fruit. But if they don't look like that now, they're not going to look like that. I just leave them alone to see what they do. They they can, you can do that too. Uh, uh, banana trees. My, my ex-father-in-law from Casper, Wyoming. He had a banana tree out there. He, every winter, he'd dig it up from breaking the house. Mm-hmm. He moved to Chicago, Illinois, to Des Plaines in 67. He brought it with him. <laughs> he stayed there to 85. Every year, he'd dig it up and bring it in the house. Mm-hmm. He moved to Pearl in 86. And he set it out there, and it's still growing. And it's actually made bananas at one time. Mm-hmm. But they're not bananas like we see in a store. No. They're not going to be bananas. If, if, if it's basu, if it's hardy enough to make bananas in Pearl, Mississippi, it's a lovely basu, but it's not a Cavendish. And the Cavendish is the variety that you get in the grocery store. It's just it's a different banana. But but let me let me tell you something. I I think this is one of the finest stories I've ever heard about a plant. Think of all that that plant has seen and done in its time <laughs> in all those places. I love it. <laughs> Oh, get get a lot of us in trouble. <laughs> I love it. That's Garden, great. A lot of times, like sometimes I call. A lot of times I'm listening, but I'm out here and I enjoy your show. Thank you, Jim. Good to hear from you today. That's wild. Put wheels on that banana and give it a train ticket. You know, send it on its way. That's great. I I, I have to say, I do know people who move plants with them. They're just not usually something that you also have to dig up and then carry to the next place. That's pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive. 
Um, I'm trying to find a connection other than the word myrtle between crepe myrtle and wax myrtle, and I can't find one so far. There may be one in a deeper search that I can't do from here, but I, I can't find anything that brings that tells me why they would be named the same thing. Um, I will tell you, if I had to plant one or the other today, particularly if I was looking for something that was small, something that was about four feet at the most, three feet tall, I would be looking at, at uh, the, the really beautiful dwarf wax myrtles. They Because they have kind of a, a, a pinwheel-type leaf, they're really very, very attractive. And they also smell good when you touch them or when it rains, but... They're, they just have a really nice, dense form, and they take up, you know, two or three feet square kind of thing. It's a, they can be a, a big, small plant. By that, I mean they can be larger than just that one-gallon pot you're planting. They will spread and, and multiply themselves and, and trail about just a little bit. They're really beautiful, and I, I hope that that's one that's on your list. If you don't already know it, look for dwarf versions of wax myrtle. I, I like them. I think they're lovely. So, it's how often you do it, not how much. Hmm, exercise. I like that. I like that. I have several notes. This this week has been kind of crazy in the, the uh, research world. The, for some reason or another, you know, most of the things that we have as brand new research being reported on has been done for quite some time, but not forever. And in fact, they they're they're working hard to put together information for you, so that you understand what they've been not only researching but also the things that they have learned as quickly as possible. I mean, you got there's peer review, there's backup pieces of research, and all that sort of thing. But I think sometimes we sort of laugh um, about. The museum drawers, you know, every now and then there'll be something that's found, a species that they didn't know they had. And, of course, during the pandemic, so many people were unable to travel and do the research that they might have been doing that they sort of tended to go, well, let me go see what's in the basement, you know, and and open those big drawers of collections and and things that had been found by people before them. And then they do some more research on that. Well, for example, Imperial College London has had Researchers studying their collection, don't get upset, of bumblebee wings. Yes, bumblebee wings from a network of UK museums. Okay? Now, you may think, well, that's terrible. Why would I want to just take their wings? Because there's so much to learn from the wings. That's the part they're studying. All right? And indeed, it investigates the body shapes first of the bee specimens going all the way back to 1900. That's a long time ago. Digital images, um, they, they realized that when the bumblebee is asymmetrically winged, that is to say the wings are not evenly coming out, that you can't look head on, you have to look sideways sort of to stay, see the wings on an even plane because they're not built that way. That's one of the signs of stress in bumblebees. And what they found in studying the four UK bumblebee species is that each decade of the century of the 20th century the stress was getting higher the lowest point that they measured was in the 20s and before that it was higher then it got lower and now it's been getting higher ever since consistently higher level of stress in the latter half of the century which as you might imagine they do not attribute they do not attribute entirely to 
the change in climate, but also to varroa mites and other things that have gotten into the bee population. I don't mean that one particularly, but but um, the, the effects of hotter and wetter years, as well as the effects of the mites, the fungus, and the insects that come to attack the bees in those years has increased and has caused greater stress. Pretty interesting stuff. Their goal, of course, is to better understand how specific re- things in the environment um, can be hung on this stress on the bumblebee so that then we might be able to avoid that going forward. I think that's kind of interesting. It, it's a it's a big study, but it, again, if we didn't have uh, if we didn't have things behind us to explain where they came from, we would wonder why this drawer was full of bumblebee wings and what we were doing with them. Interestingly enough, um, with hotter and wetter conditions, they figured that they need to continue to measure these things because we could have a, a rough time for our bumblebees, and we already are, of course, but it could get even worse for them. And so as a result, if we can understand how they are stressed and we can measure it, perhaps we can alleviate it. You got to know pretty much what it is before you can do anything about it, right? Yep, that's right. Speaking of those fossils, um, and I promise I won't stay in this world too long today, even though there's a lot of research. <laughs> Oregon State University has been poking around. Um, this is so great. It, they they needed to place this creature, which is so different, in its own. Yes, already extinct family. Good grief. How is that possible? Well, there are more than 80,000 species in bugs, in hemiptera, all right? So how do you even tell? I mean, good grief, that's a lot of stuff to wade through. Now, the thing that makes a true bug in this classification is their mouth parts. So even though these things are pretty small, these were and encased in a 100 million year old piece of amber. <laughs> this is an amazing thing. Paleo tanrina. That's right. You can tell that it's extinct already just from that name. Um, Exothalma, publishing in Bio One Complete. It is a small predator. <laughs> I mean, small. That used protruding eyes to insect to locate insects that were its prey. Now. This thing was tiny, tiny, five millimeters, all right? How do we even know that it existed? Well, it shares some of the features because we have found the fossil. We know that it exists, but it does not have, um, there's no modern family to put it in, so they had to put it into a new and extinct family, the Paleo Tanarianidae. I love this, though. I I really see this in the next, you know, little bug animated movie. They're going to have to bring this one forward. You know why? The eyes provided a clear 360-degree view of its habitat. I love that. Why did we not keep these? But anyway, um, of course, the, the, the big brother is always watching you is true, except that this is a teeny tiny little thing. Fascinating stuff. Um, on the final leg segment of the front there was a sticky quality, a sticky substance that was able to be exuded from that that was still in it in the fossil. So that tells you that they were not only able to see their the things that they were searching for for dinner, they were also able to stick them to things without poking them. They just stuck them with this rosin. That's fascinating. How come we don't have this one anymore? Hmm. I'm telling you, it needs to be 
I don't even know. I guess we would have to say we're searching for EXO rather than searching for NEMO in this case. All right, now, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but i got to tell you, I have planted some more seeds. <laughs> I've been going through all of these seeds trying to plant things and trying to see. You can't give seeds away if they're old because you don't know if they're going to come up. You don't want the people to say bad things about you. So that means I have this whole box full that I've got to try one at a time, two at a time. I have four different versions of parsley. <laughs> Yes, it's time to plant parsley, my friends. So, therefore, I'm trying all the parsleys. Watch this space. I will keep you in, keep you tuned up for it. Um, I believe that this next, uh, I'm going, uh, because this is, I'm trying to read this and see if there's something I need to know about. But I, I think that's something for Buddy. So, mark that one, which is the, the, Whoever that is. <laughs> anyway, this is in- interestingly enough the um, the question of those unwanted canes coming up underneath a crepe myrtle and coming up after the crepe myrtle has gone. How do we control that spontaneous regeneration? We'll get into that when we get back here, and also. I got to tell you, today's winning photo is that absolutely adorable frog. Cute, cute, cute. That's a friend. I think he is keeping his eye on you, Tim. I believe you're right. Just adorable. Love it, love it. They're they're loud too, by the way. <laughs> Stick around now. It is still summer for a while longer, and we got a lot of weekend gardening here for you. Till I'm wheezing like a bus stop Running up the stairs Gonna meet you on the rooftop But tonight it's a different world Go out and find a girl Come on, come on and dance all night Despite the heat, it'll be alright And babe, don't you know it's a pity The days can't be like the night Have you ever seen a field of corn or soybeans or cotton growing along the highway? Think about that for a moment. From tiny seeds comes this field of crops. You and I need to live our lives every day. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation celebrates 100 years in 2022. We began much the same way as a seed of an idea that took root in 1922. In the 100 years since, the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation has contributed so much to our lives across every county of this state. From insurance to hospitals, from private property rights to road and bridge repair, Mississippi Farm Bureau has fought to make a better way of life for Mississippians, member or not. So, while agriculture is important, we are not just a farm organization. 100 years of strengthening our families, our communities, and our state. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation. 100 years of faith, family, and Farm Bureau. I thought learning a language would be too much work, but Babbel makes learning fun. J'aime Babel. Babbel's lessons only take 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks you can actually speak another language. It's como magia. Babbel isn't robots talking. You learn words and phrases from real native speakers. I was ready for real-life conversations in just a few weeks. So easy. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. Progressive presents Married to Your Home. If you want to leave me for another house, I totally understand. 
House? Where's this coming from? It's just, I, I know there's some newer homes on the market. I didn't even know that, because I'm not looking. I bet those other houses don't have a crack in their foundations. You know that crack doesn't bother me. No matter how much you already love your house, you'll love it more knowing you could save big bundling your home and auto with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Since 1871, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton has been providing everything you need. Everything for your house, fencing, plumbing, flowers, lumber. Everything for your animals, dogs, cats, birds, chickens, cows, horses. And everything for your patio and yard. Bayou Classic Cookers, Wind Chimes, Orca and Pelican Coolers. We have most everything. 150 years of serving the community, family owned and operated. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. We'll see you soon. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men and a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men and a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Today on Hey Culligan, soft water, cleaner environment. What do you say, Greg? Hey Culligan, are you saying if I have a Culligan high-efficiency water softener, I'm also helping the environment? It sounds like you're saying it, Greg, and yes, you are, because with the Culligan high-efficiency water softener, you'll use less detergent, soap, and harsh chemicals, and that's good for the planet. Now you're saying it. You bet I am, Greg. Soft water and a cleaner environment is already on the way. Let us help you out with a free in-home water test from a local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com. This week there have been quite a few pieces of information across my desk about what you should do. You know, um, y'all know that I come from the sustainable point of view, which means that it is not only from a natural source, but it is something or another that can be done over and over again and have pretty much the same result. So I'm 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 interested in this. Um, Corinne, you're so smart. Corinne's been um, watching YouTube. I do. I do. I must confess. I'm a, I'm a YouTube fan. One way to kill the never-dying green shoots from the stump of an unwanted crepe myrtle, which I cut down many years ago. Is this such a gardener saga? This is great writing here on this text. Um, spray it with a 30% strength vinegar solution. Do I agree? She says, I don't have a truck or a chain to pull it out with. Um, that can work. And I'll tell you a couple of other things. One of the things you need to know about and one thing that people get so disturbed by is that everybody says you know spray it with a vinegar solution but they don't tell you what strength of vinegar to use or what vinegar is generally six or five or so percent um, vinegar but then there's double there's there's double strength 
which is a little bit more, but it's actually not double-double. In other words, it might be as much as 10% um, of the acetic acid. It just depends. But you will find different formulations. And so I don't... it. Uh, when they say 30%, in other words, I don't know if that means they want you to pour on what comes out of a bottle of what is said to be 30% vinegar or if they want you to mix double-strength vinegar 3 to 1 with water or single-strength vinegar 3 to 1 with water. What I can tell you is there are quite a few products that use vinegar and salts as a sustainable herbicide or sustainable you know, weed killer. And... I don't. I'm. I'm trying to. I was trying to find a label to tell you exactly how strong the vinegar is in that, but I don't know. There are. You can certainly do a vinegar spray. Cut them down. Spray that new stuff when it comes first comes up. Or, and this is this is going to sound almost too simple. Put a brick on it, and I mean that quite sincerely. Even if it is a tree stump that is, you know, a foot and a half across, you can get pavers that are that big, or you can get several of them. Make a solid space out of that. Clear it all off, take everything out, pour the vinegar on, and then cover it up with something so heavy that it can't sprout through it. Sometimes we just have to take... I I literally poured everything in the world into the hole where one of my trees fell over, and it just kept getting... It was still the hole years later. Finally, I put in wire and paper mache and put on an ornament on top of it because it's never I didn't I couldn't plant anything in it. It fell into the hole. Tried that, too. But my suggestion would be the the best way to control this is the continued cutting. Yes, the vinegar may help, but we have a pretty aggressive crepe myrtle here if it's been growing for quite some time. I would say this might be the place for a bird feeding station or for some piece of art or some other thing that you could put onto a put some concrete on top of it. Not not go pour it, but put on pavers and, and cover that thing up so that it can't come back and sprout on you. It's a hard choice, I realize that. But I the other thing is you're gonna have to spray every one of them all the time. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um Oh, Jeff, that's very sweet. Thank you. You're very kind to me. I do, yes, I do make. Those are called self-deprecating jokes, and I, I'm, I was taught to make them. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know a whole lot of people have a very serious issue with people who put themselves down because we don't want people to put themselves down. We want to, We want all of us to build each other up. But those of us who were raised with it absolutely drummed into our heads that you you barely ever take credit even if you wrote it much less you take credit that you thought of it and you certainly have to be humble about anything that you do manage to do <laughs> makes it self-deprecating humor turns out to be a very important part of our world i remember telling my mother that i wanted to go to mars I used to tell my children that I wanted to go to Mars. They were little enough that it didn't frighten them. They didn't actually think I was going to leave. I don't think they knew where Mars was. But the Australian National Laboratory wants you to know they're working on this. They have a mathematical model developed by the space medicine experts. This is so cool. 
to help determine whether or not an astronaut can safely land there and travel there and be there, okay, you know, travel to Mars and, and fulfill their mission there. I think this is really interesting. I, I doubt seriously that I would pass it, but I want to know who will. <laughs> With the uh, rise of commercial space flight that we're seeing, of course, our SpaceX, Blue Origin, and so forth, there's more room for wealthy, but not necessarily healthy people to go out into space. So that's where this begins. They wanted to use mathematical models to predict based on an individual's numbers, you know, the the, the numbers that go along with you, whether or not they were going to be a good candidate to go to space. And in this case, for example, um, when you go into space, the gravitational pull that exerts itself on the lower half of your body, for example, um, might be why your feet swell at the end of the day. But that does not happen, in, of course. And in fact, what happens is that same swelling goes into the top half of your body, and then the body might think that you have too much fluid. So as a result, you can actually become dehydrated because your body is fooled by the change in gravitational pull. Those are the kind of things that they're studying at the Australian National University. I like that. Pretty interesting. Let's see. Um, what am I? What, let me see. Thank you very much, Big Mike and Madison. Where's all the water that's not in those vast areas of drought? Oh, this is a good one. He says, I happened upon this thought, which pondering hopelessly kept me awake. You know, I... Somebody said the other day that people play music during the night or they leave the radio or the TV on so that their own thoughts don't get to them and we should actually listen to our own thoughts more often. I think that's true some of the time. But if this is the stuff that's keeping me awake, probably I need to be listening to that music and get a little bit more shut-eye. With all the drought happening in the world, where is all the water that is not in those vast areas of drought? Well... Obviously, that's what we'd like to know. We, we see every so often, and it's happening right now, the efforts to, what if we pipeline water from here out to the West Coast? Um, what if we, you know, but what if we pipeline water from point A to point B? Those are things that people are considering because there's not any water there. We look at Lake Mead. I've, I've never seen like, I've seen Lake Mead, but I've never seen it like it is now, of course. But as the, the contents of that reservoir deteriorate and where is the water? Where did it go? Now, I only know a little bit about this, and so I'm not pl- pretending to be a, a climate specialist or a meteorologist or any of that stuff, but I do know that when we don't have adequate snowpack, when there's not enough snow, we don't have enough water downstream. And so part of what we're seeing is snow happening in different places in different amounts, but not in adequate amounts at the right time to produce the snowpack. You would say, wow, how come we depended on that anyway? Because we thought it was going to be there forever, obviously. But that's the most that I know about it. Um, Let's see. Wow. Jeff and Brenda are growing turmeric. That's lovely. That is really, really beautiful. Gee whiz, that's great. Your phone calls and your texts are really fun this morning. Thank you very, very much. I'm glad there's some more to get to because we got some more of this particular program to bring to you. We are sending our good wishes to Daniel on his way to be a full-time college man. Yeah, that's right. You heard what I said. That's not no college boy. That's a college man. Y'all, stick around. There's more to go. We are Weekend Gardening. It's going to be a good- 
Peace of mind goes a long way. As parents, we want to make sure our kids are taken care of in the future in all aspects, right? Especially financially. The Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services offers a savings program to help their clients achieve a better life experience by offering a way to alleviate some of the unknown financial worries. Mississippi ABLE is a federal program which enables individuals with disabilities to save money in tax-advantaged accounts that may be used for qualified disability expenses while keeping the eligibility for federal benefits. Learn more about Mississippi ABLE at MississippiAble.com. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. The roar of our engines, the pump of our heartbeats, the pedal to our metal, the sparks that ignite us, the pistons that push us, the passions that drive us. From the feelings that move us to the places that pull us on the roads that unite us. With nearly 6,000 stores and over 17,000 auto care centers, Napa has America's largest network of parts and care. Here to keep you firing all cylinders. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. <laughs> Those are his words. So he said roughly like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. <laughs> Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, online at baroniestreepros.com. I'm Caleb Sailors, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The Mississippi Department of Human Services has received approval from the Mississippi State Personnel Board to use the Walker-Jones Law Firm to move forward with civil litigation to recover misappropriated TANF funds after Brad Pickett was removed from the suit. Attorneys Katie Pickett and Adam Stone will lead the Jones-Walker Group representing the MDHS, both are leaders of the American Bar Association in public contract and procurement law. Governor Tate Reeves praised the firm's selection, touting the firm's reputation for integrity and their eagerness to cooperate with criminal investigators. For more information, log on to supertalk.fm. In other news, as medical technology continues to advance, Batson Children's Hospital's Chief of Pediatrics, Dr. Kelly Leach, is hopeful that these advancements will benefit Mississippi patients financially with lower health care costs. And I'm hopeful that these technologies will diminish the, the cost to patients because they can apply some of them themselves. From the ground up, from the grassroots. That's how we began in 1922, and that's how we do things today. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation celebrates 100 years in 2022. 100 years of farming, ranching, and supporting our 180,000 member families. From our state capital in Jackson to our nation's capital in Washington, D.C. Creating policy, advocating for a better way of life for all Mississippi. We've been there through the tough times when Hurricane Katrina blew ashore. There is extensive damage on U.S. 90. Triumphant times, winning the right to vote to protect private property rights 
rights for Mississippians. We introduced benefits like our insurance in the 1940s and fought to stretch broadband internet service from DeSoto County to the Mississippi Gulf Coast. So, from the ground up, not just a farm organization, 100 years of strengthening our families, our communities, and our state. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation. 100 years of faith, family, and Farm Bureau. The Senate is currently split 50-50, but it's not the first time the chamber has been evenly divided. Former Senator Trent Lott was majority leader in 2002 when the Senate was last evenly divided. He told us the atmosphere in Washington is as bad as he's seen it in 50 years. The solutions to the problems we're seeing right now are, number one, communication. It's just not happening between the president, between the House, the Senate. Again, though, the most important thing is leadership. And it begins at the White House. I must say that I I worry about President Biden. I served in the Senate with him, but boy, I don't know. Uh, He looks like he's really struggling. Lott says some of the basic tenets that we believed in are being challenged, and he feels some people are trying to rewrite the Constitution in a way that isn't good for America. Lott serves as a senior fellow at the Bipartisan Policy Center and co-chairs its Commission on Political Reform and Energy Projects. For Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. High school football is in full swing and will be in full swing this coming Friday when number one Brandon takes on Oxford in their first game of the season. Number two is Madison Central. They'll play West Jones. Picayune is number three and they will take on Poplarville. Starkville will be at Columbus this coming Friday. They're ranked number four. Ocean Springs is number five and they'll take on Clinton. Oak Grove is the number six, and they'll take on Harrison Central. West Point is number seven, taking on Louisville this coming Friday. Oxford is number eight, and as we mentioned, they will be at Brandon. Madison Ridgeland Academy is number nine, and they'll take on Natchez Cathedral this coming Friday. West Point is number ten, and they'll take on Louisville. Then it's Laurel, Lafayette, Tupelo, Mendenhall, Itawamba, Raleigh, Vicksburg, Columbia, Amory, Jackson Prep is ranked 20th. Then it's Scott Central, Popper, Bill Hart, Phil Academy, Bay Springs, and Meridian rounding out the high school top 25. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Do you ever feel like you are in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators assure you will always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com today. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. Only one more week before the kickoff of college football 2022. And this week, the AP 
preseason top 25 was out. Alabama is number one. The coaches poll was out last week, and they also had Alabama at number one. In the AP poll, Ohio State is number two, followed by Georgia at number three, Clemson four, Notre Dame at number five. Then it's Texas A&M, Utah, Michigan, Oklahoma, and Baylor rounding out the AP top ten. Then it's Oregon, Oklahoma State, North Carolina State, Southern Cal, Michigan State, Miami Hurricanes, Pittsburgh, Wisconsin, Arkansas, and the number 20 is Kentucky. Ole Miss is the number 21 in the AP preseason poll, followed by Wake Forest, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU. Mississippi State is in the others receiving votes category. In the coaches' preseason poll, Ole Miss is ranked number 24, and Mississippi State again in the others receiving votes category. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. With your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello. Welcome in. This is Weekend Gardening. My goodness, August is rolling along at such a rapid clip. Good grief. I looked up last night and I thought maybe I had... I, 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 I turned around and the, the Saints were on television. I said, wait a minute. I haven't gone to work yet. It's not Friday. What? what? It was Friday. <laughs> and now I hear there's going to be a lot of other reorganizing of all of that stuff. Oh, my goodness. I'm just going to get my little schedule and keep to it like I always do. <laughs> Welcome into Weekend Gardening. You know she's the daughter of a coach when she keeps a football schedule close by at all times. (laughs) There were many, many challenges in the garden this week. Everything that I seemed to get out to do, there was something else I needed to do first. And there's water in everything. I keep dumping it out, but there's, there's still places it collects that you didn't even think it could collect. But... I have to say that in the process of planting those seeds that I keep telling y'all I'm planting because I keep planting seeds, my goodness, I have some magnificent morning glories. It's not a great big, oh, it's not heavenly blue, it's not a gigantic thing, but it's a beautiful, very velvety little purple morning glory, well, almost red, but, but, but beautiful, beautiful morning glory, and it has had flowers on it each morning this week. It's in a container that I also made the container out of something else that was there. So it's kind of odd looking. I'll take a picture of it and put it up for those of you who follow me on social media. I will do that eventually. But what I've been interested in watching are the hummingbirds because they like it. The hummingbirds gave me a a, a caution the other day. They said, lady, if you want us to come to this yard, you got to put more sugar in that mix. (laughs) Remember. Hummingbird feeders need one to four sugar to water. And I'm pretty sure that this was more like six to one, so I put in too much water. They hit it, but then they go to the flower, and they don't go back. Usually my flowers are close enough to my hummingbird feeder that they'll hit one and then hit the other and back and forth, and I don't have quite as many fights at the feeder as I used to because I've got flowers blooming near it. But this time that hasn't worked. Now they're fighting over the flowers. (laughs) 
<laughs> These and many other fascinating insights from the garden are yours here on Weekend Gardening, and I thank you very, very much for being here. You might be listening this morning live. You might be listening to the rebroadcast, the podcast, the on-demand, you name it, any way you're listening. I thank you very, very much for that. 888-808-8637. That's the Super Talk call line. Always here for you when I'm here. 601-879-4395. The C Spire text line. Let's see. Who was that? That was Robin Amory's looking for calicanthus. I love that shrub. If you don't know sweet shrub, you should. Um, sweet shrub is a very, very pretty plant. It has rigid, rigid green leaves. Not a big thing, but it, it doesn't, um, doesn't get wimpy looking even when it's not in bloom. It still has a very distinct character about it. And then when it blooms, oh my goodness, you would think that it had uh, wooden flowers or, or, or something. They're really, they're just so thickly petaled and lovely, lovely, lovely maroon, very, very maroon. Um, red flowers and they're they're really lovely i'm i'm fond of this there's one in the um the the group that i really particularly like because it there's there are two or three different ones you may see it listed as carolina allspice but its name is actually calicanthus floridus which is sort of confusing florida carolina in other words it's a southeastern united states native plant but it's also sometimes strawberry bush. It's sometimes spice bush. Okay. And the reason for these n- many names is because it's been popular in so many places. But it really does smell like a combination of clove and banana to me. <laughs> I know other people will say other things. But to me, they'll say it's it's a strawberry pineapple-y thing. But banana, to me, it smells like cloves and bananas. I like it a lot. And, and I have one in my back garden. Um, that tends to get run over by a couple of other shrubs. <laughs> so, but it's a nice plant, one that I like a lot. Thank you. Thank you, Trey, for that wonderful image, um, even though it's me. <laughs> Thank you very, very much. Um, let's see. Okay. That's very, very true, Terry, in Bogachita. I, I have I didn't see the same program that you saw, but he says that um, plants are expanding because there is extra uh, carbon in the atmosphere. It, it, my understanding is it's that's somewhat true. That's why carbon sequestration is such an important thing. Thank you for bringing that up today. Ooh, Dave from Ripley has got some gorgeous flowers. What a beautiful rose. It's raining there. That looks great. Very, very nice. Beautiful. Let's hit the telephone, see if we can talk with Donald from Pearl. Donald, what's going on? Welcome to Weekend well, Garden. I uh, bought a pitcher plant. I'm oh, yeah. familiar with that. Sure. And it, I was told just to keep it damp. Mm-hmm. And I've done that. And I've got it in a shaded area. It's not in full sun except for maybe a little in the morning. And it just seems to be sitting there. It's not growing. It's not producing new leaves or new little buds, pitcher mm-hmm. buds. So mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, what, what else can I do? Did you fertilize it yet? No. Okay. I would put it in just a little bit more sunlight, 
and I would fertilize it with a flower-producing formula, something you mix in the water that's intended to either make flowers or vegetables. You don't need any more nitrogen, the first N number, as much as you need the other numbers. What happens in a container like that, that I'm sure it's in the container that you bought it in, it just uses up what's there. And you might want to put it in just a little bit more light. They can take morning sun, or they can take bright light all day long. Can you do that for it? Okay. Yeah. I love, I love, love, love pitcher plants. I think they're one of those. Um, I have, I have said this many times. I don't know if I've said it here. If I had all the money in the world, there's a whole group of plants that I would collect, and I would call it Dr. Seuss's garden. And this is one of the ones I would put in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really unique in its uh, conversation. It, it is. I want it to grow some more pictures. So it, that, it, uh, and there's plenty of time because you're not going to need to protect it until late October at least in Pearl. So you you got plenty of time. Give it a little fertilizer. Give it a little bit more light. And if you feel like, if, if you realize, for example, that there's roots coming out the bottom of the pot or that for some reason you feel like it's just completely root-bound, I would not worry about that right now, but you will want to repot it for next year. But don't worry about that part right now. Let's just push it a little bit and see if we can't get what we want out of it. All right, well, I was I was trying to be delicate with it. But it, looks, it looks delicate, but it's probably not. Well, we're, we're not going to throw it on top of a truck and go for a ride, okay? It's not that tough. But it can take some fertilizer, and it can probably take a little bit more light. All right, I'll give that a shot. I appreciate you. Thank you, Donald. Time. Take care. I do love pitcher plants. They're one of those plants... As he says, it's a it's very much a conversation piece. If you walk up on somebody's porch and they have, uh, as as I saw on a friend of mine's feed last night in, in on social media, the biggest macho fern she's ever grown. I mean, I would be talking about that. It's very impressive, but I would also be talking about those pitcher plants because that's a magnificent thing. <laughs> oh, thank you, Joe and Madison. I appreciate that. Um, he, he, he thinks of his questions after the show. Mama on air at yahoo.com or come to Lakeland today. He's in Madison. He could get there and uh, ask them there. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to. Today's subject is fall edibles, but I'm not going to not answer your question about something else in the garden. I'm, I, why I go to the grocery store <laughs> so I can answer garden questions. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like that. Oh, my goodness, the peaches. Oh, my goodness, Calhoun County, Alberta peaches. Those are gorgeous. Those are gorgeous. And, of course, somebody just sent me a uh, recipe for cast iron, for, for, for peach pie in a cast iron pot that you would cook, like, out on a fire, you know, in camping. I'm like, can I do that in my oven? I'm not, gonna, I'm not likely to go out and, well, I could build a fire. i got plenty of that, but it's a little bit on the wet side at my place right now. That's great. Thank you. Those are lovely. Oh, my goodness. Getting me hungry up in here. I was real tickled um, this year, this week, rather, to hear from somebody who's still trying to grow lavender. And that, I say that as a, as a kind person. But it depends on what lavender you're working on and whether you're trying to grow it in a container and whether you live where the soil is heavy and whether you live where it's sandy, all of those different things. But in this particular case, the person has had no success at all in, in, and has it just, it just dies, whether she puts it in a container or in the soil. At that point, I'm probably going to pick something else to grow. But if you want to continue to, to try and, and get after that lavender, try making your soil a little bit better drained. 
try making the container that you put the next one in a little bit smaller, believe it or not, and try not to leave it out in two days in a row of rain because it's really subject to root rot more than anything else. We give it fewer roots, less water. Maybe we can get it to grow for you. I, I hope so anyway. I hope so. Today's word, in case you need one for the uh, dinner table and you, you don't have anybody to talk to that, that has a word that they're going to bring that's more interesting, misophonia. Mm-hmm. Have we talked about that here? I think we probably talked about that before. Um, I, I had someone the other day, that, ironically, this, this research popped up just about two days after somebody said to me that it sounded like I was really enjoying those potato chips because they could hear me chewing them. Well, hating the sound of chewing, and this person didn't hate it, but the but hating, is misophonia. Ohio State University is now working with new information they have gleaned about this particular situation. Um, it is, it's a condition associated with really, really hating particular sounds. And in, many times it's chewing, but this is also where fingernails on a blackboard comes in, if, or, or a chalkboard, as we need to say now. 20% of people have some sound that they just can't stand. They want to flee. It's not even fight or flight. <laughs> they just want to get out of there. And it's mostly chewing, but it can be the other pieces that we talked about, too. Interestingly enough, um, the story of misophonia is not complete if we only focus on what happens when they hear the chewing sounds or the other sounds that they're disturbed by. You actually have to, probably have, as they have worked on in this study, you actually have to understand how they got there and how that, if you're going to try and, for example, when we talk about desensitizing someone to plane flights, we we give them the opportunity to experience things in a simulator, and then we give them the opportunity to take a um, a, an opportunity. They take a, take a really great leap by taking a flight, but it may not be one that ever takes off. They just get in the plane. Sometimes that is the tube itself is the problem. But whatever it is, you got to find out the other parts of it. It's not just when you're flying in the air. And in this case, it's not just the noise that is made that upsets you. It's the situation either that it came from or that it takes you to. And so both of those things, you can't necessarily change where it came from, but you can understand that. And if it's taking you to a place of unpleasant mental mental psychology, then you can change that too. You can alter that by working with it once you know what it is. Really interestingly enough, um, the regions of the brain that are activated with speech speech production when we talk, in other words, are very much similar to the sounds connected with chewing. So the, the sound of our own voice is part of this. But it's just really interesting that we now have to see there are other triggers just than that sound. And I think sometimes we, you know, um, if some pe- I've known people in my life, two of them, in fact, in different parts of my life, that did not like the sound of an elevator. There was something that disturbed them about the, the noise that the elevator made. I never could understand what that was, but I always figured that somebody must have forced them onto an elevator when they were children or something. There had to be something that caused them to feel that way. It may or may not be so. It could easily have just been the bad dream or the movie or the the, the TV show or something. There, um, 
this I, I love deer, but I certainly was feared fearful after I watched Bambi. So I'm not sure whether or not that was such a great idea. <laughs> Interestingly enough, um, let's see. I'm not sure what that one is, but I'm going to move along to the next one because I can't figure that one out. Garden Mom, I have a 25-year-old Japanese maple, congratulations, that I have been growing in a pot. It's about four feet tall with a four-inch wide trunk. Transplanted it in February, and the last two weeks the leaves have started turning brown, and the pot is obviously not draining well. Should I repot it now or maybe try putting it in the ground for a while? I would not put it in the ground after 25 years, but I would mix a better soil today and lift it out and put it in that better soil in the container, either the same one it's in or another one if you feel like it's not big enough or it's too big. give it, But give it a better drained soil. You can get that by adding soil conditioner to a potting soil that you've already mixed, or you can get it by adding ground bark or by sharp sand or by vermiculite or by perlite. Any of the things that you have that you can loosen your soil up with, you want to do for this if it's not draining well. And you also then want to put that Japanese maple in its container into the shade for a few days to recover from the process of being transplanted. And third thing, get some root stimulator fertilizer or my my preference, of course, is always going to be um, a worm casting, a compost tea of some sort that we can use for that particular process of stimulating the roots to grow in a well-drained soil. But no, I'm not going to put it in the ground. Okay. All right, Caledonia, first lemon tree, first year lemon tree. That's beautiful. Congratulations. That is really, really pretty. That's lovely. I'm tickled. <laughs> I really like that. That's gorgeous. That's really very, very pretty. I'm I'm trying to figure out is that is that day flower underneath it? What have you got? Inch plant growing underneath it? That's really nice. Very, very nice. I appreciate y'all showing me that stuff. Makes my day and lets me have the opportunity to practice describing things in ways other than just, ooh, that's cool. <laughs> in this case, the the lemon is growing in a container and it's got a beautiful, great big green head on it. It's lot lots and lots of leaves on a very nice, tall, strong trunk. I like that. Very cool. Very, very cool. Very nice. See, I can use that word after all. I will say the foliage is lush and that the ground cover underneath it might be getting some of its water. So you might want to loosen that just a little bit. Oh, my goodness. Well, the weather forecast at my house says I'm going to need to be thinking about the octopus's garden. i got a couple of days of heavy rain coming through my place. What you got going on? Let me know. This is Weekend Gardening. From the ground up, from the grassroots. That's how we began in 1922, and that's how we do things today. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation celebrates 100 years in 2022. 
100 years of farming, ranching, and supporting our 180,000 member families. From our state capital in Jackson to our nation's capital in Washington, D.C. Creating policy, advocating for a better way of life for all Mississippi. We've been there through the tough times when Hurricane Katrina blew ashore. There is extensive damage on U.S. 90. Triumphant times, winning the right to vote to protect private property rights for Mississippians. We introduced benefits like our insurance in the 1940s and fought to stretch broadband internet service from DeSoto County to the Mississippi Gulf Coast. So, from the ground up, not just a farm organization, 100 years of strengthening our families, our communities, and our state. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation. 100 years of faith, family, and Farm Bureau. Anthony was working a dead-end job. I was surviving, but you know, I wasn't getting ahead anymore. A friend told him about my computer career. She's like, I'm already in the program. She's like, you'd be crazy if you don't do it. So I jumped right in and have not regretted it. Anthony did it all online. All you got to do is have an internet connection, and you can do it. Become an IT pro in just months with zero experience at mycomputercareer.edu. You need to check out my computer career. If it worked for me, it'll definitely work for you, too. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? Green. <sighs> The new degree of comfort. You hear those notifications? That's small businesses in America taking off on TikTok. Businesses like Porky's Hot Dogs. I have another good one for y'all today. Our peanut butter and jelly dog. Their homemade hot dog videos pull in diners from across the country. And there's Matt Fixit, your local handyman just building a business. Holy freaking drywall repair. We've got a bathtub above this kitchen. Over a million people saw that video. And new customers are still flying in. American Small Business Booms on TikTok. At Community Bank, we believe our success lies in our continued commitment to community and upholding the same small-town values that we were founded upon. We are relationship bankers. Whether you're trying to grow your business, grow your savings for your future, or building your dream home for your family, we are committed to helping you achieve your goals. Community Bank, a bank that knows community. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. The roar of our engines. The pump of our heartbeats. The pedal to our metal. The sparks that ignite us. The pistons that push us. The passions that drive us. From the feelings that move us to the places that pull us on the roads that unite us. With nearly 6,000 stores and over 17,000 auto care centers, Napa has America's largest network of parts and care. Here to keep you firing on all cylinders. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. (laughs) Those are his words. So he said roughly like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. (laughs) Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage.
Thank you so much for being part of Weekend Gardening. Thank you so much for weighing in when you've been away for a while, letting me know that you're back in uh, the audience today. And also, of course, thank you very much for all the nice things you say about me. It definitely makes a person happy to hear those things. I am uh, I'm not one who has always taken compliments well. If you say to me, for example, oh, that's a great-looking shirt, I go, oh, this old thing, you know, how everybody always does that. But when I talk about self-deprecating humor, it's different from this particular response that we tend to have. Self-deprecating humor is you putting yourself down just a little bit so that nobody has the wrong impression about how you feel about yourself. But when you don't accept a compliment, what I have come to understand is, I'm actually hurting you. If you tell me that the show is great or that you're glad you're back here, you've been away, or that whatever the compliment is to me, that my shirt's nice, okay, whatever it is, if I don't just say, thank you, I'm doing the wrong thing. The simplest thing in the world to do is say, thank you. Now, I've known people that would say, oh, I really love that dish that you're cooking because they're hoping that you'll give them the recipe. But believe me, the people that come out and turn around and start giving you the recipe are not who I'm talking to. (laughs) I'm saying, thanks, that was delicious. You don't have to tell me everything about it. Just let me enjoy it, okay? Let me just enjoy that. Those noises that we have in our life, whether it is uh, ones that we're accustomed to or noises that are new, I have... uh, been talking for a long while about traffic noise being one of my very favorite things because I grew up where it was so quiet there wasn't any traffic and I had to get to my almost grown self before I ever even heard a car go down the street in the middle of the night except when I slept on the sleeping porch in Gulfport in the summertime now school didn't always start before Labor Day so there were years in my life when, at this point in August, I'd be waking up on the sleeping porch in Gulfport at my great aunt's house. I got to tell you, it was the best place in the world to sleep. The sea air and the whole ambiance of being with the cousins and whatnot has a lot to go to go for it. But the sound of the traffic at night is what really stays with me. We would play the game. Where's that truck going? What's it hauling? How far is it going to drive tonight? Who's the driver? Where are they from? All these kind of things that we couldn't possibly know, but we had never, we'd never heard those sounds before. And I just encourage you when you're hearing things that you've not heard before, give yourself the opportunity to enjoy them, to appreciate them. They might be way different. And yeah, they might be a little jangly at times, but they're different and they're things, they're experiences that you need to know. For example, We make noise as human beings. We don't often think about it, but everything that we put into the ocean makes a noise, whether it's a ship or a drilling rig or a fishing boat or you and me on a floaty, you know, wherever it is and whatever we're doing, we do make noise. And the Alfred Wegener Institute wants us to understand that marine organisms don't always like our noise so much. They use sound, of course, we understand this, for echolocation, for you know, hearing sounds bounce off is how they might know where they are or where they're going, or for communication with one another or to avoid predators. Then we throw in all these human noises. Well, it can get 
a little bit different. And believe it or not, we can measure this even in the invertebrates. The invertebrates that live in and on the sea floor are impacted in ways that we didn't really understand until this study and a few others. There are really fascinating things that they they change with. What am I talking about? In invertebrates, of course, crustaceans, um, crawfish, crabs, mussels, worms. These are all the the engineers of the ecosystem. These are the guys at the bottom, guys and gals at the bottom that are on that floor. They continually change the sediment that they live in because that's what they live in and that's where they work. And they are critical to the cycling of nutrients in the ocean. So if they stop working because they don't know where they are because the sounds are so weird to them, not weird to us, but weird to them, then you add to that ocean acidification, you add to that rising temperatures, and you add to that, quite frankly, that we human beings are not the cleanest people in the world. We dump all of our stuff in the ocean, too, in places. Well, that marine ecosystem suffers from it. So not only do we understand that if you are going to use you hardly ever see these anymore, but six-pack containers that have the plastic and you got to cut them apart so that the birds can't get strangled. There's other things, too. Things that still have a pop-top. need The top needs to be away, taken off, changed, not into this particular bunch of just dump it over the side kind of stuff. We've got to be more careful about these things in order to keep the lowest part of this particular ecosystem working. Because if we disrupt them, then they can't feed everything else between there and us. Hmm, something to think about. Human activities, of course, are something we take for granted because we're the humans making them, but we have not always measured ourselves as as appropriately as we should. (laughs) Maybe it's time to do that. I agree with you. Um, Dolly Parton is a terrific one with self-deprecating humor. She probably taught me a few things, as a matter of fact. Um, Okay, that's an interesting one. Anyway, now something else about the ocean that I was fascinated by today in in the, the information that came to me this week. Florida Atlantic University is one of those places where I once upon a time thought I would really like to go to school. I don't know if I thought I was going to be a marine biologist, but there was just something about that place that tickled me. And I really liked some of the work that comes out of there. That may have been why I was. There are fascinating critters that we don't study that the folks at Florida Atlantic have chosen to over time. The newly discovered, newly discovered one now, walking shark that breaks all the rules has been studied for the first time by Florida Atlantic. And, of course, because we can't just do these things by ourselves, collaborators in Australia. Now, the, this is an, an epaulette shark, all right? The walking and changing what they, how they walk, and I, I don't put that in quotations, but it is, it's a walking motion, it's a locomotion, and how they swim really does shift in their early development. This baby's only about three feet when, when they're there. Um, they dwell in the reefs, and they walk in and out of the water, regularly by wriggling themselves the whole body and pushing with their fins okay this is not a real efficient but it certainly was more efficient than the ones that couldn't do it at all this is in the great barrier reef the epaulette sharks experience short short periods of elevated co2 
and sometimes even hypoxia, that, that low amount of oxygen, because the reef itself changes with the tide. So that's one reason it is postulated for why these sharks developed the way they did, because they got to go where the air and the water is. And it's not always where they were just a few minutes ago. So they develop their kinematics, that is to say their body movements. I really think this is fascinating because up until now, we've only looked at the adults. But now we're understanding we've got to look and see how they get there so we can see what the other developments are and how those other things work. So it's really interesting. I'm I'm really tickled by this particular um, locomotion, this particular form of locomotion, and because we're trying to figure out the differences, the, the Florida researchers are working to examine the differences in the walking and the swimming in both the newly hatched, that's the the neonates, and the the teenagers, the juvenile walking sharks. Interestingly enough, um, there's another fascinating piece here. The newly hatched sharks in the epaulette shark world actually keep their the nutrition that the, the nutrition source that they had is an embryo and that of course produces a bulging belly all right which helps them to get started on the locomotion but would slow them down later after their fins grow more so that's part of the dynamic that they're looking at the uh, the the juveniles are actively foraging all the time for worms and crustaceans and so forth. And so, therefore, the storing organism, storing part, stops, as they and they also get more mobile at that particular point. Pretty interesting. When they've eaten up all that they brought with them, they begin to forage, and that changes a lot of their behavior and a lot of their ability to walk, as it were. Okay? I like that. How many of you are still learning and, and living online? How many of you are still? Um, I'll be I'll be teaching again with Tulip Tuesday this week. I'm happy to say we're having such good success with that program. I'm happy to be part of it. The Mississippi Urban Forestry Council, the NRCS, and of course Donna Yowell is the the spearhead for all of that to teach cut flower growing to Mississippi growers. And it, it's if you're not in Mississippi, you can still join in. Just get in touch with us. This is a real interesting bunch of people and a real interesting opportunity to talk about how we grow things. But what we've learned is that things are different, and now we've got a formal study to sort of relate to what some of the things are that we have seen. People relate to online teaching in a different way than they do to classroom, duh. But in our case, it's actually more individualized feeling and probably a better way to do things because we're so dispersed around the state. Researchers have explored whether perhaps the body also experiences differences in the same way that the mind perceives things differently. Now, we all understand, and and I've been happy to tell you over and over here, the benefit of stress. If we don't have any stress, we can't grow, all right? And if we can't grow, we really are not doing what we're meant to do here. I don't mean get bigger. I don't mean necessarily be taller. I'm probably not going to ever be taller than I am now. I might even be shorter. But in order for us to continue to grow as humans and grow and develop as mental and physical creatures, we really do have to keep learning. And unfortunately, one of the things that we get, if we get stressed out by the way the material is presented, for example, if you just can't stand sitting there looking at your computer or if you can't stand going into that classroom, you're going to miss out. So somewhere in here, the cortisol response, the stress response, 
is being measured for us to understand a little bit. I love the name of this journal, Anatomical Sciences Education. This is fascinating. So what they've worked on is this trying to understand the it significantly lowers the the physiological state in its responses, but at the same time it picks up in the brain. So there's a lot to be said for both kinds of learning, and I'm happy to say that I've, I enjoy both of them. Um, it's different. Part of things, of course, is what we can touch and what we can't touch. So that's one thing. There's some things we're not ever going to be able to do without physically being there. But there are plenty of other things where we're going to understand in a faster way because we can get that physical space comfortable and learn easier because we're not worrying about who's sitting next to us or what the temperature of the room is or if the windows are open or if there's another noise source, all the other things that can be distracting in a classroom. Same thing, you got to set it up at your house if you're or your home or your wherever you are, your library. You've got to make sure that that space is what you want it to be because otherwise you will suffer the stress that prevents you from learning. A little stress is good. A lot of stress is debilitating and can really hurt you. Um, I'm, I'm not certainly not saying anything y'all don't know already because there's plenty of evidence to support both of those points of view. I'm really tickled about my begonias. I, I, I may have mentioned this before, but I don't think I did. Um, I, I somehow or another ended up with five pots of the same angel wing begonia. This one is one of the cane begonias. It's lovely, but I don't like it that much. <laughs> Why do I have five pots? Well, I have five pots because it was in a gigantic container that was too heavy to move. So when I went to bring them indoors last year, I broke it into, I took cuttings off of it and dug up the plant itself and moved it. Now I've ended up with these five big pots. Well, not big pots, but bigger than I want to fool with. So what are you going to do with all that? The good news is that there's always a place to put a begonia. There's somebody that wants it or there's something that's going to be interesting about looking at it. But what I've learned is that I have not treated them as well as I should have. I picked one up the other day, and the roots are coming out the bottom. The coloration on the leaves have gotten kind of, I don't know, pitiful. And the flowers are are no longer blooming. Well, what does that tell me? That tells me that I've really got to do a little work. I've got to repot the plant, probably got to trim it back just a little bit, give it a little fertilizer to get it start blooming again so that it'll be pretty when I bring it inside. Right now, I wouldn't want to. I bet you've got plants like that, too. Take a, take a look at them today. Do a few things so that next month when you decide to bring them in, you'll have a nice plant, huh? All right. This is John Hartford. It's time, y'all. Turn your radio on. This is Weekend Gardening. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. And listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work. Or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. 
For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Do you ever feel like you're in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators are sure you'll always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat, and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Energy for everyone, propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com today. It's back. That's right. School is back in session. That means it's time for our back-to-school super sale at Mazda of Jackson. That's right. School is back. And so is carpool and traffic. We're here to put you into a new ride so you can get to school in style while saving you cash. Get super low 2.9% financing for 72 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-9s. Get 2.49% financing for 36 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-5s. And come see the all-new 2023 Mazda CX-50. Buy a new Mazda and Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. Shop right now at MazdaofJackson.com. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty. Have a trade? Bring it in and we'll give you top dollar for it, even if you don't buy a vehicle from us. And remember, 100% credit approval is our number one goal. School is in session. So come get your deal now at Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. MazdaofJackson.com. With approved credit, select model, see dealer for details. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Builders. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet boom products, oil gator, oil dry, spill kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-484-5094 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-484-5094. That's 800-484-5094. What do you have to lose? Call 800-484-5094. Again, 800-484-5094. I have news you probably don't want to know. 
This is the opposite of news you can use. This is news you can't do anything about. I'm so sorry. If you have ever seen the movie Failsafe, you know that Failsafe is not a good thing. It 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 well it's it's a wonderful thing in in one sense. But the idea is that if if we have a failsafe, then it's something that's going to always consistently occur. Sometimes that's good. Unfortunately, in the case of our friends, the mosquitoes, turns out female mosquitoes, when they are out there looking for a human being to bite, they love how I smell. They may love how you smell, too. But what they are looking for are the odors that stimulate the receptors in their antennae, okay? Scientists have for years tried to delete these things, um, trying, you know, to, to get something else to happen because we would like them to not be able to get there. We'd like to just have our odors change so that they're not attracted to it or to have that other smell that they won't like or any of those pieces that sometimes work and sometimes don't. However, they've even tried deleting the receptors um, out of an entire family of the the genome of the mosquito. (laughs) Well, however, even after that, Mosquitoes still find a way to bite us. And how in the world is that? Well, the group of researchers are now explaining to us. This is um, folks, famous folks that the Howard Hughes Medical Institute. They study all sorts of stuff, as you well know, and Rockefeller University. They've been working on this. What they have, um, if you're a human, for example, is where they came from in understanding this. If you are a human being, you lose one single odorant receptor all of the neurons that express that receptor lose the ability to smell that smell. Doesn't happen with mosquitoes. They're a lot more versatile than we are. You need to work harder to break the mosquitoes because getting rid of a single receptor has no effect. They're, they're, they are neurologically built to find me, and you probably, and some others of us. So they're, I, I actually can read you the number of the human odor. I don't think it'll help. But this is just really crazy um, ways that mosquitoes find us are so, so literally determined to get to us, and we're not going to be able to break that up anytime soon. In fact, most of our olfactory neurons only pick up one or two odors. No, no, no. The mosquitoes can smell all of the pieces of the cocktail that they're looking. They only have to find one of them to bite me, but they can find all of them, which is kind of crazy. But insects are awfully smart. If you are not a science fiction person, you probably don't understand that many of our fantasies in our our world have to do with really getting over um, that all of that, you know, trying to figure out how in the world do we get past this or get past that. Well, an insect-eating plant has even more struggles to get past because they can't move around. You and I at least can go and hunt for forage for food. The insects can hunt or forage for food. But the University of Bristol has started uncovering the particularly deadly workings of one of the carnivorous plants that we love, in this case, slender pitcher, um, Nepenthes grassless, which is a beautiful plant. If, you've, if, you don't, if you haven't seen it, just look up a picture of it. It's lovely. Publishing in Biology Letters, though, they're telling us how it works, and it's pretty scary stuff. 
the it, it's not that the the lid itself gets bent. The, the spring is actually located far down in the back of the tubular wall on that picture. Okay, this off center pre- presentation has a couple of different effects. First, it makes the spring that the plant takes to grab its prey direction dependent, and so it moves easily down to to smack them, but it doesn't move easily up to let them back out. So even if they're banging on the wall, they can't necessarily get back out. Then the raindrops hits it. The lid is accelerated quickly down, throws any insects on there on the bottom into the fluid-filled trap below. But on the way back up, the increased pressure there really does, the, the rather the resistance, causes it to move back up more slowly so it gets back into position, doesn't just flip out and expel all of those things it just went to the trouble of catching. This is pretty exciting stuff. Um, pitcher plant traps are lightweight but sturdy, and they, they are really fascinating things. Geometry is what this is all about. I think if my geometry teacher had told me this, and it told me how interested it was going to be to even think about the way a pitcher plant works. If I could have seen that, my goodness, I, I might have studied pitcher plants. And why not? But that's why we love all those nature documentaries. That's why there's hours upon hours now, and I'm I'm never bored. I really am not. Um, it, it's really a delight to, to have that opportunity. Now, you may not think about this. Circadian clock is our way, uh, it's the way our body sets itself to know when to wake up, when to go to sleep, um, when those regular things happen as a, a result. But from the NARA Institute of Science and Technology, they've got a novel algorithm called Peak Match that reconstructs the actual time expression further deeper into your genome as to why all this happens, but in plants, Okay. So the how to get plants to develop their cells, how to get them to divide their cells, how to get them to multiply their cells, how to get them to do all these things comes down in a lot of ways to the potential of that plant. But it's often unlocked by the circadian clock. E- elucidating how this thing works is important to understand how cells determine what they're going to be and how fast they're going to get there. I love this particular th- set of thoughts about it. In early differentiating cells, for example, there's a whole lot more focus on that particular process. So it makes sense, but until we study it, we don't know how it works. The, the circadian plant clock has just as much to do with cell differentiation as it does with cell growth. So, as you might imagine, more research is needed. <laughs> more research is needed. Finally today, I wanted you to have uh, some information about breadfruit. Now, why in the world would I care about breadfruit? Well, it's delicious. If you have turned it down or not even tried it on occasion, or if you didn't like it the first time, there's desserts, there's entrees, there's appetizers, there's salad uses, there's fried uses, there's braised uses, there's boiled uses, there's every kind of use for getting some breadfruit into us. And frankly, you might want to think about it. Probably don't want to grow it. It's a tropical tree. But researchers are already letting us know that we've got some staple crop problems, okay? 
the change in weather, um, the, the change in the, the, the harvest situations. I was really happy to see this week uh, on the feed from my cousin, hay, hay bales going into the barn and, and uh, another place I was seeing from my friends at Delta Blues Rice. They were doing the beautiful, you know, letting us know we're harvesting now, so we're going to be harvesting this, and now we can be harvesting that. And, it's, you know, just all of these things are happening now. But it's a short window, folks, and if we can't make it, we get in real, real trouble, particularly if the climate is just too warm for that thing to make or if it takes it out of its place. I'm telling you, breadfruit, not a fruit, breadfruit is one of those things. It's it's starchy. It's seedless. You can turn it into anything. And if you're interested in knowing more about it, I invite you to join me in information coming to us from the National Tropical Botanical Garden in Hawaii. Very, very cool. I also invite you to come and join me at Lakeland Yard and Garden here in just a little while, 11 o'clock. And please join me in wishing Daniel all the well. We're not going to hear about him again until he is a college graduate and has come back to impress all of us. Thank you. The Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. Hundreds of thousands of Mississippians like me. Yes, me. Depend on public benefits for health care, food, and, and housing. housing. To receive these benefits, I, I cannot have more than $2,000 in my name. With able, I can save for my future without losing my much needed benefits. I couldn't plan on savings before, but, but now I am able. able. Visit MississippiAble.com to get started. This is day two of safety digging class. Why call 811? Do you see this picture? Yeah, it's a doghouse. No, it's where my wife and I live because I failed to call 811, hit a gas line, and blew up my house. Ah, one of them tiny, tiny houses. Is it roomy? (laughs) Next question. Hello, Sam here from Mississippi 811. Calling 811 two working days before digging is the law, and it's always the right thing to do. At Gateway Rescue Mission, we feed hungry people, we offer shelter to people seeking life change, and we serve as sort of a beacon of hope that says, hey, God cares for you. I'm Rex Baker. Rescue Mission work is not glamorous, but we do see lives changed. Check us out at gatewaymission.org. Find out how you can get involved and join God at work here in Jackson and at Gateway Rescue Mission. Hit the road in style this summer in the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander from Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Get a sleek exterior and award-winning interior with seating for seven, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today starting at $26,995 during the summer sales event at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Going on now. Manufacturer suggested retail price based on Outlander ES2WD. Excludes destination handling, tax title license, etc. Price terms and vehicle availability may vary. See dealer for limited warranty and program details. Offer ends 930. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.